Following is a lecture given by His Holiness Jaya Bhattaka Swami on March 22, 1985 in Patna, Bihar, India. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, Chapter 1, Text 3. So when the verse here states that the Srimad Bhagavatam 
is the ripened fruit of the Vedic literatures. That means the Srimad Bhagavatam is the ultimate understanding or the real fruit, the real thing to be gained from the Vedic literatures. Lord himself stated in Bhagavad Gita, that I am the knower of the Vedas, I am the author of the Vedas, so Krishna is also to be known by the Vedas. This Srimad Bhagavatam is describing all about Lord Krishna and his devotees. Therefore, this Srimad Bhagavatam is especially the ripened fruit of the Vedic literatures and is therefore in the most holy position. The second point that's made is that one needs patience and submissive hearing if one is going to properly receive the messages given by the Srimad Bhagavatam. This means that, it's like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Tarko Bahudur, that to argue takes one far away from the spiritual subject matter. When you have debates, you find people say, I think this is my idea is like this, then the other person says no, my idea is like this, and everyone gives their opinion. But when they approach Vedic knowledge, the system is one, should hear the Vedic wisdom with an open mind. And thereafter, the Vedas may be acquired upon, but they're not to be challenged, nor can they be understood by some argumentative mentality. But they are to be understood by a very natural process, hearing, understanding, and chanting. Next paragraph. Here, a detailed discussion of rasa, or spiritual mellow. We find that there are twelve rasas, five primary and seven secondary rasas, which have been explained here. Rasa is the essence of spiritual realization. The impersonalist philosophers, they always take it that the Lord is an imperson, he's a non-person. And they think that the personality that we find in material life is in fact the same type of personality that Krishna has, and therefore they take Krishna to be impersonal. Actually, they're right that the personality of material life is material, but they're wrong to say or think that Krishna has got a material personality only. That Krishna's personality is transcendental. Therefore, the relishing of his pastimes are also transcendental. The Bhagavad Gita describes Janma Karma Chamaita Vyamevam Yogedita Tota Taktam Deham Puna Janma Naiti Mahaveti Sarjuna. That by knowing Krishna's pastimes, one can end the cycle of birth and death. Obviously, his pastimes are not material because by knowing his pastimes, one is able to get liberated from material life. If they were material, there would be no way of being liberated from the material life by meditating on some mere material activity. Because they definitely had some spiritual contact, therefore they are transcendental. The person is therefore due to uh, not knowing fully the spiritual science 
from a bona fide spiritual master, they wrongly take it that Krishna's personality is material. Now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he dedicated the latter part of his life to relishing these mellows and pastimes of Krishna. This was after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had given up the entire material world. He was a very strict sannyasi. So what would he have to do discussing the topics of Krishna unless these topics that were themselves transcendental? Lord Chaitanya has got nothing to do discussing mundane affairs. Certainly he's discussing these things because they are all transcendental. Similarly, when the four Kumaras saw Narayana for the first time, and they bowed down at his lotus feet, they felt some spiritual ecstasy in their body just by seeing the transcendental form of the Lord, smelling the tulsi offered to his lotus feet. So, although the four Kumaras were situated in Brahman realization, the qualities of the Lord were so wonderful that they immediately raised one to the path of Krishna consciousness. Similarly, there are so many examples like that. Srila Sukadeva Goswami himself, he became very attracted to these pastimes of the Lord. Actually in material life, as Prabhupada said here, the conditioned souls are less able to relish, rather the liberated souls are more able to relish these pastimes, these rasas, these qualities. In material life, people have a natural taste to hear about so many mundane affairs. But those affairs are actually very dry for the transcendentalists. They're not interested in hearing any mundane affairs. They only want to hear about the Supreme Personality of Godhead and His devotee and their exploits. So, just as the materialists, they're not very interested in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The spiritualists, the transcendentalists are not very interested in the material activities or the stories about those material activities. So this is the difference. It's like night and day. One is interested in spiritual subject matter while the other one is not and vice versa. So we can gradually come up to that transcendental platform of relishing the Lord's pastimes by serving the Lord in a very sincere and humble way. If we try to artificially achieve that type of realization, if we just try to go and we think that let me first become very Krishna conscious and then I'll go, preach or whatever, how, what is the process of becoming Krishna conscious? The process itself is to act as a Krishna conscious person would act. One should act in a liberated way without acting for sense gratification. Then automatically one can start to experience what is this spiritual rasa. Actually the spiritual rasa is not understandable by the gross materialists. It is only understandable by the more advanced transcendentalists. So if you want to get into the inner meaning of Krishna consciousness, the way to do that is start to act as Krishna conscious as we can. Thus, naturally we'll develop a taste for practicing these Krishna conscious activities, hearing about the Lord. Without developing this higher taste, then it's not possible for us to actually understand what is the real 
significance of Krishna consciousness. One has to ultimately get into this understanding of the Lord's transcendental mellows. So Prabhupada said, work now samadhi later. That we can achieve this type of realization by very sincerely serving the Lord now or by serving the Lord some representative. That will be the most effective means for us to rise up. Similarly, the way that Sukadeva Goswami has explained the Bhagavatam is gradually taking one through these different rasas, from the first cantos to the tenth canto. Note that in the ninth canto, Lord Ramachandra is described, his pastimes. Ramachandra's pastimes are the closest to Krishna's pastimes. In the tenth canto, of course, Krishna's own pastimes are given, which are the most esoteric. These first chapters are almost introductory, so they give much of the basic understanding of absolute truth that we need to know to understand the verses. We find that if a person has some material conception of Godhead and tries to take that over into the spiritual understanding, they cannot understand the rasa properly. Then it is known as rasa bhash, or a mismatching of rasa. For instance, the Lord is fully transcendental, but if someone has some material conception of the Lord, like they say, Daridra Narayan. This is a type of rasabhas. How can Narayana be Daridra? How can Narayan be poor? It's not possible that Narayan is poor because by definition Narayana is possessing all opulence. So they try to say that the human beggars and poor peoples and all type of human beings who are in a rotten condition of life that they are to be seen as poor Narayans. It's just a concoction, which actually is a rasavas or a mismatching of spiritual concepts. Actually, the people in this material world, they are not the same Narayana, that's for sure. They are very small parts of Narayana. Krishna said, Mamai Vamsa Jiva Loki Jiva Bhuta Sanatano that all living entities are my part and parcel, but the part is not equal to the whole. So if you try to artificially say that the part is equal to the whole, this is known as a rasabhas, this is a type of incongruity, a type of mismatching of spiritual rasa. So these type of rasabhasa or mismatching of rasa are totally absent from the Srimad Bhagavatam. And therefore, these liberated souls, they can relish the Srimad Bhagavatam very nicely. For instance, if you're eating something, but that food stuff has got some kind of, say, some rotten thing in it, and you're eating and eating, and all of a sudden you get a stone in your rice. You bite into it, even your tooth can chip off. It becomes straight. There's no need of even practically digesting. I mean, it's just very easily to easily digested. No difficulty whatsoever. When you, it was the amazing thing is that when Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was hearing 
the explanation of the Vedanta Sutra from Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. The Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya for so many days was just going on speaking. Lord Chaitanya didn't say a word. Finally he asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that, don't you understand what I'm saying? Why don't you ask any questions? Can't you understand? And Lord Chaitanya said, well, I can understand the main Sanskrit sutras of the Vedanta Sutra very easily. But your explanation I don't understand. For me it's very, very difficult. So the explanation is supposed to make the thing simple. So Lord Chaitanya said, I can understand the sutras which are practically supposed to be inconceivable by without the training. But he said his explanation were not easily discernible. So then Sarvabhama Bhattacharya could realize that Lord Chaitanya was criticizing him indirectly by saying that his explanations of the Vedanta Sutra were going off the track. So then he said, well, then you explain something. And of course, when Lord Chaitanya explained using the direct process, he was able to convert Sarvabhama Bhattacharya. Of course, Lord Chaitanya described that the natural explanation of these Vedanta Sutras is the Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam is taken to the juice state. You can just drink it. You just drink it as it is. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just drink it straight. Of course, we're so limited in our intelligence that even then, we may misunderstand, so Prabhupada has so kindly given us his Bhakti Vedanta purports as it is, so that we can easily understand and apply this wisdom. Because each word is filled with so much nectar or rasa and so many meanings that to properly apply them, it's necessary to expand on the subject matter. So Srila Prabhupada has done that for our benefit. Otherwise, we may read Pivata Bhagavata Rasam Aloyam and not know what does that mean. Just take the words at face value and not see all of the inner meanings. Krishna is Rasa Aloyam. He is the reservoir of all transcendental mellows. Vedic literature is described that ultimately the highest understanding or realization is a Rasa or mellow. The world, naturally people, they are working and playing and reading and so many different activities, all to get some rasa, to get a little juice. You see, nowadays in the Western world they have these computer games, but people get bored playing games with the machines. They want to have competition with other people because there's some relationship there, some juices there. But between people, there is some flavor, some mellow. This material nature is very dry. So when you make the material nature appear personal, that's what they do with some of the more complicated video games, is they make the machine act like a person. And then it becomes more interesting. But after a while, when you see that it's only a machine, then you lose your taste. So... This flavor of exchange 
is ultimately the highest understanding in material life. That's the thing that people are living for. The love between a mother and father and the child, between the friends. You see two friends meet with each other, they laugh, they embrace or shake hands, they tell some joke and pat the other on the back. In this way they're getting some rasa, some different types of rasa. You can see all these different rasas that are existing in the spiritual world are here in the material world, but they're here in a very limited, perverted reflection. People may stick some, make some joke and they may laugh, but it's about these flickering material affairs. So it simply agitates a little bit on the mental platform. Doesn't go very deep in relation, doesn't actually reach to the soul. So in the material world, the most uh, involved relationship is relationship between man and woman. And so there involves so many different uh, intricacies. And that is known as the conjugal rasa. But in the material world, because ultimately we are not the body, and this relationship between different material bodies ultimately becomes mechanical because the bodies themselves are machines. It doesn't ultimately satisfy one and leaves one hankering for more. Just like after playing with some kind of video game or something, one wants to go and then act in what appears to be the real world. But after playing with all these machines of material nature, still we are not satisfied because we are hankering for the real personal relationship. But in the material world, the personal relationships are obstructed because they're all done through the via media of these material machines known as bodies. And real heart-to-heart -heart relationship in the material world is not perfectly available. The real relationship we're hankering for is the relationship between the individual soul and Krishna. That relationship is perfect. It's eternal. It's not dependent upon anything material. It can't be taken away by any outside or material source. It is fully satisfying. So much so that even as we read the Srimad Bhagavatam, as we read and hear how the Lord and His different devotees have exchanged certain relationships or even how the guru and the disciple are exchanging relationships, such as how Narada Muni enlightened the king Prachinabhadi in the fourth canto. The mercy of Narada Muni on that king is very enlightening. It's very relishable how Narada Muni came and gave the mercy to Dhruva Maharaj. Subsequently, how Dhruva Maharaj realized Narayan, how Narayan blessed Dhruva Maharaj. How even though Dhruva Maharaj fell a little bit into Maya later, fighting with the Yakshas, how he was protected by Krishna and in the end he returned back to Krishna. All these things gradually develop one in one's understanding of how the Lord and his devotees have a very intimate personal relationship. This further develops to Prahlad Maharaj, 
in his relationship with Narasimha Dev. For even the demigods were afraid to go before Lord Narasimha. Even Lakshmi Devi was afraid to go in front of Lord Narasimha. He was so angry. Only Prahlad could go before the Lord. In this way, the relationships develop. One sees how even a devotee who takes birth is an elephant like Gajendra forgets his human birth, but remembers the slokas that he had memorized when a human before, is able to worship the Lord, even from that elephant body, because of previous pious devotional service uh, rendered, and is ultimately then able to return back to the spiritual platform. All these things gradually show how one's relationship with the Lord is very sublime. And while one weaves these reciprocations between the Lord and his devotee, one is somehow or another able by spiritual blessing of the Guru and the Vaishnavas and Krishna to experience a little taste of that spiritual rasa. Now this is not possible by those who are mental speculators by those who are materialists, who are trying to study the Bhagavatam through some scholastic effort. It is only possible by those who are chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. To be able to get into the Bhagavatam, one has to be a devotee. Bhaktamam Amijanati. Only the devotee can know who is Krishna, can he taste properly what is this rasa, in relation with Krishna. So even in our conditioned state, by the very potent presence of the Srimad Bhagavatam, we may get some little taste of devotional rasa by reading and hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam. And as we become more and more purified, our ability to relish the Srimad Bhagavatam increases. The Srila Prabhupada explains that when a person is fully liberated, they relish the Bhagavatam like nothing else. They fully can relish it. In fact, Srinivas Acharya, when he came to Jagannath Puri to find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was crushed because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had already left the world. He was ready to take his own life. He was so frustrated. The Lord Chaitanya appeared to him and said, Go to Gadadhar Prabhu and he will teach you the Srimad Bhagavatam. So then he went to Sri Gadadhar Prabhu of the Panchatattva and fell at his lotus feet and begged him to please teach me the Srimad Bhagavatam. Because one should learn this, should hear this Bhagavatam from the lips of devotees. Then Gadadhar Prabhu showed his Bhagavatam and said, How can I teach you the Bhagavatam? Look at my Bhagavatam is totally washed out. By reading the Bhagavatam and the mercy and appreciating the rasa, the mercy of the Lord, uncontrollably we cried and the tears have washed away the pages of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And then Srinivas Acharya could see that their Bhagavatam pages had been washed away by the tears. So it was impossible to, to read anymore. So naturally, this is possible, not artificially, but for great souls like Vedadhar Prabhu, 
and other liberated souls, when they read the Srimad Bhagavatam, they are transported directly to the spiritual realm. That shouldn't be imitated artificially by some kind of theatrical performance, like sometimes the Sahajiyas do. But one, by chanting, by surrendering to the process of devotional service, one should gradually become more and more purified, purify oneself, and naturally one will reach the state where one can relish this rasa of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is this transcendental person, and that is why this realization of transcendental personality is the summum bonum or the topmost realization. And that realization is enhanced by these various rasas. So you'll find in the material world the reflection of those rasas. You'll find in different levels of spiritual realization different degrees of rasa. When you come to the ultimate full understanding of the Lord and His relationships, His rasas, in His devotional service, that is considered to be the topmost understanding. That is why the Srimad Bhagavatam is the ripened fruit of all the Vedic literatures, because it gives fully this science of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and the rasa, or the transcendental mellow, realized in His devotional service. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siya Dvaiti Viraha Shiva Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Any questions? There's no shortcut. Before you are purified, you can theoretically understand. You have to become purified to practically understand. There's no shortcut. Without purification, one can in fact, realize the rasas. Like sometimes the sajya, they're putting on a whole act that they have got some high rasa with the Lord. And then after the act is over, they're going and they're eating some nonsense or they're smoking or doing something. That's why they're supposed sajya. Because they're taking the whole thing cheap. They made it all material. They're not actually able to realize the transcendental rasa if one is realizing the transcendental rasa, he won't uh, be overtly attracted or desirous of doing all these material things. But he'll be very fully absorbed in the transcendental pattern. He will be pure. So we should first concentrate on purification. And naturally our understanding of rasa will manifest in a very sublime way. That is the shortcut, is to concentrate on purification. Just like if you have some brass pot and it has got all kind of, or say the wall here, the wall now is say getting dirty. If somebody says that without sanding and preparing the surface we just will paint over it and then make the wall look nice. That maybe appear to look nice for a short time, but then that Coda paint will all peel off and make more of a mess. You have to prepare the surface. So like that, we can't just jump. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to free ourselves from material conceptions of Godhead 
free ourselves from anartas or various bad habits, and then we can actually enter into this uh, understanding. If we read or hear about the Lord's pastime and material ideas come in our mind, that will be uh, detrimental. And we should then stop hearing about those aspects of the Lord's pastime if they agitate our mind. First we have to purify ourselves and we should know thoroughly Krishna's transcendental position. Srila Prabhupada explained that Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. Krishna is the supreme enjoyer. Living entities are the enjoyer. So when Lord Chaitanya came, even as a devotee, he was enjoying being a devotee. So it was his prerogative to sit and to enjoy all the pastimes of his, of his Krishna pastimes in relation with Radha and the Gopis and Aigan. It was his position to enjoy those things, to relish those different pastimes. He was a Supreme Personality of Godhead as devotee. And great devotees like Ramananda Rai and Sarup Damodar, Sikhi they were assisting the Lord in his relishing of those pastimes at that time. Now, Srila Prabhupada explained we should imitate the Lord. It's not our position imitate the Lord. Not even the other associates. We don't find that they absorb themselves like Lord. They were assisting Lord Chaitanya and relishing. He was on the level of Mahabhav and he himself is the Lord and that was the purpose. His inner inner purpose was to relish those pastimes. So some few devotees, they assisted the Lord, but they also, they weren't in the mood of trying to enjoy those, or relish those. They were in the mood of trying to help Lord Chaitanya relish them more. They were all in a serving attitude. Of course, Lord Chaitanya being on the level of Mahabhav, also was of course giving Krishna the supreme most pleasure. Of course, he himself is Krishna anyway. His personality is very mysterious. But... We cannot imitate Lord Chaitanya. It's not our position. We should, just like we don't imitate Krishna, we shouldn't imitate Lord Chaitanya. But rather we should assist Lord Chaitanya in some aspect of his pastimes. Not artificially try to imitate him. We are not the Supreme Lord. We are already insignificant devotees who are to assist him. So, that is the first point, is that apart from Lord Chaitanya, none of the associates of Lord Chaitanya did what he did. So we should not imitate Chaitanya Mahabharata, we should follow in the example of the other great Acharyas. Just like Srinivas Acharya, Narottam Das Thakur, they were in Vrindavan, relishing the pastimes for a short time, studying under uh, Jiva Goswami, but they were sent out to preach. And then after that they spend their whole lifetime preaching. Sometimes they come together for a short time and they would sing bhajans and kirtan and they would, like that, they'd be absorbed. But their overall effort was uh, involved in spreading Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. And in fact, even those relish, even whatever bhajans or meditations they wrote, that was not only for their own relishment but also to attract the conditioned souls to devotional service. So, 
Actually, just as Sarup Damada, Ramananda Rai, on a very high level, they were assisting Lord Chaitanya in his pastime, we find that the other devotees, just like Rupa and Sanatana, were ordered by Lord Chaitanya to write Shastra explaining the path of Bhakti. You see, only two, three devotees were kept with Lord Chaitanya for the Rasa discussion. Other devotees, so many were given, great devotees like Rupa and Sanatan, they were given the order to write scriptures for uplifting the whole humanity. Sometimes you find these sages say, well, this is Lord Chaitanya's external purpose to spread the Sankirtan movement. External, internal, Lord Chaitanya would shift from his different attitudes. It's not an inferior purpose. It may be external, but it's not in any way inferior or in any way less pleasing to the Lord. The Lord is fully pleased and desirous to see all the people become devotees. And when he was in that attitude, that was his primal consideration. And he ordered great devotees who were themselves. Even the sages admit that Rupa Goswami was Rupa Manjari. It wasn't a conditioned soul. He was one of the 108 gopis, one of the, the ninth gopi, in fact. The first Manjari came right down, was given the assignment to write books for preaching Krishna consciousness. And these other great souls like Narottam Das Thakur, Shuniva, they are liberated souls. They spent their whole life preaching Krishna consciousness. Just because Ramananda Rai, who was Visakya, not wrong, and Sarup Damodar, who was Lalita, who had come down to assist Lord Chaitanya, if we try to imitate those two and they take that they're the only standard, this is totally artificial. It's totally... Uh, inappropriate and uh, out of focus. We have to see that all the hundreds and thousands of liberated devotees of Lord Chaitanya were engaged in the Sankirtan movement. A few he kept and personally his inner secret little leela, which is revealed just for our relishment and purification, was that he also was trying to understand this something about Krishna's relationship, his relationship with Radharani, Radha's relationship with Krishna, with himself and his Krishna form. That's an inner thing which he came to do, which we can't assist him in that. We, we, we don't have any capacity to assist Lord Chaitanya in that. He didn't need even Rupa or Sanatana assistant in that aspect. Although Rupa Goswami understood his inner purpose, but through assistant he had Sanatana, uh, excuse me, Sarup Dhamada, Ramananda Rai, Sikhanahiti, and Madhuri, they were assisting. Others, they assisted his other purposes. They're going on simultaneously. So, at this time, what Chaitanya is not here, where is the question of assisting him in his inner realization? His inner realization, whatever he was going to realize, he's realized. He's relished it. Now he's gone back to the spiritual world. Now our service is simply to assist him as Rupa, Narutam Thakur, and other great acharyas have done in carrying out his order to spread the Sankirtan movement. That mood of assisting the Lord, of serving the Lord's desire, is transcendental rasa. It is transcendental service. It's not that liberated soul, when they render that service to the Lord, they are 
by every step experiencing transcendental nectar. They are experiencing their relationship with the Lord because that was the desire of the Lord. They're serving the desire. That's the mood of the gopis. That they are willing to do whatever Krishna wanted for his pleasure. The Lord Chaitanya said, I have a headache. I want people to be delivered to pure Krishna consciousness. We'll relieve this headache of mine. So all the devotees are running, trying to relieve this headache, this anxiety of Lord Krishna that is following in the footsteps of the Bhajavasis. Those who fully absorb themselves in that attitude of serving Krishna. They are already in the spiritual world. They are already in Bhajadam. They are experiencing the highest rasa of assisting Radharani, of assisting Krishna. Now, see, there was another point in relation to that. So, therefore, we should understand that those devotees who are able to fully absorb themselves in the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya is described very clearly in Chaitanya Charitamrita. They're very confidential devotees of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There's nowhere does it recommend it, nor do we find any artificially just imitating Lord Chaitanya and sitting around and trying to relish the pastimes, discussing the pastimes of Lord uh, Radha Krishna. Kind the devotees, they glorify these pastimes. They glorify Lord Chaitanya's relishing these pastimes. But everything is done in the context of service, serving Lord Chaitanya and expanding the Sankirtan movement. Not imitating artificially Lord Chaitanya. So Srila Prabhupada was the perfect example of that transcendental dedication and service attitude to serving uh, Krishna's pastimes. And one who is fully absorbed in that service attitude, they can't help but relish Krishna's pastimes whenever they hear them. Because they get by this preaching, by this full surrender to this Sankirtan movement, one becomes the most rapidly purified more than any other way. For one who is already purified, well, they're relishing nectar at every step. Prabhupada was already Nityasiddha. So he was relishing this nectar at every step. Just take it like the residents of Vrindavan. So whether Gopi or Gopa or Sakha or Sakhi, whatever, all the residents of Vrindavan, they were thoroughly dedicated to making Krishna happy. At all costs. And so in that mood, the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they take up this difficult process of, Krishna, of preaching Krishna consciousness. In that mood of complete surrender to making Krishna happy. Krishna wants this, let me do this. And then they absorb themselves in spontaneous devotional service in glorifying Krishna. Sankirtan means to glorify Krishna. So what can be a more confidential activity? Krishna says in the Gita that of all devotees, know it, that there is no one who is more dear to me, nor will there ever be one more dear to me than one who explains this science of devotional service to my devotees. If you want to be dear to Krishna, 
that Krishna has said it in unequivocal terms, that this is the person who is dearest to me and there will never be one who is more dear. So here we are, miscreants in the material world, fallen souls, and Krishna is saying, you want to become dear to me, this is the way to do it. You understand the science and then you preach it to others. So from Jagai Mahadai, a person gets the opportunity of becoming a dear confidential servitor of the Lord. What greater, what other hope is there? Are we, should we think ourselves to be equivalent to Ramananda Rai or something like that and we should be sitting relishing? We should be taking the humble attitude that here somehow or another we are in the material world, by the mercy of Guru, we've been engaged in devotional service, and now we have this opportunity of being the dearmost servitor of the Lord. He said, didn't say that only for conditioned souls. He said, of all, he didn't make any qualification. Even liberated souls, they're engaging in that Sankirtan and glorifying and teaching. If a conditioned soul can get blessed to come up to that level, well, he's already then, Krishna said, there's no one dearer to me. Is the dearest. If we're dear to Krishna, then naturally Krishna will be dear to us. We're on this perfect platform. So we shouldn't be confused about our duty. We shouldn't be confused about the necessity and the importance and the perfection of engaging in glorifying the Lord. Gopi, the my gopis, the Rajavasis, they're always glorifying Krishna. The elder coward ladies are going and telling to Mother Yasoda, today your Krishna did this and that. The coward boys said, everyone is glorifying, they're always doing kirtan. So here we're in the material world, you don't see Krishna anywhere. But by the mercy of Lord Chaitanya, we can constantly glorify Krishna, telling the conditioned souls about the glories of Krishna. So, if one thoroughly absorbs himself in that Sankirtan mood, you can see there's a tremendous, tremendous, uh, not I won't say similarity, there's a tremendous uh, unity, or the words, more than similarity, there's, you can see the correlation, the uh, anyway, similarity, the lack of a better word right now, between the, I mean, the non-difference of this process and the process of the Vajrasis. Or Chaitanya said, the Vajrasis, they are the topmost process. The process Lord Chaitanya gave is non-different. The Vajrasis are always feeling separation from the Lord. They're always glorifying the Lord. We're in the material world. We're definitely separated from the Lord. We feel separation. And we're not able to directly engage in devotional, you know, in service, so we are serving in separation. And we're constantly glorifying the Lord. So the same process has been given by Lord Chaitanya. And by that process, one is drawn to Krishna quicker than any other. There's no better process. Lord Chaitanya confirms this. The whole native literature is confirmed. And that is why the result is that one does relish the rasa very quickly. Very quickly. Not by sitting around and dreaming that one's a, a peacock or something like that. Hare Krishna.